Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. So this month, uh, we've been going through the theme, the call, and I cannot just get into it without, first of all, appreciating my pastors, Pastors Bayer and Pastor Toe. I thought you were going to help me, join me, celebrate our pastors this morning. It is such a privilege. I, I told myself that when next I have the privilege to speak, I will thank them specially for the three-day prayer program in January. Can you remember? It was explosive. If you know that your miracles are here, can you celebrate Jesus for the lives of our pastors? Amen and amen. And of course, Pastor Tone started a series, and Pastor Bayo, Pastor Olu, Minister told me it was just been very explosive. And one thing I was telling myself, if you ever hear anything repeated, it's because God wants you to hear it again, because, you know, a lot of grounds have been covered. But this morning, my assignment is to focus on live-in sacrifice, so the call and the fact that we are live-in sacrifice, not living sacrifice. And for a text this morning, I'd like us to go to Romans chapter 12 from verse 1 to 2. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1 to 2, a very popular passage of the Bible. As a matter of fact, I remember when I gave my life to Christ as a teenager, the book I was asked to read was the entire book of Romans. Of course, I didn't understand it that much then, but now I know because if you read for instance, Romans chapter 3, you read Romans chapter 6, especially Romans chapter 3, you understand that the entire book of Romans is showing us, Apostle Paul was teaching us how to live, not just then, but how to live as believers today. Now in Romans chapter 12, from verse 1, I'm reading from New Living Translation, the Bible says, And so their brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, that's verse 2, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I mean, a lot of us know this particular passage in King James Version. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye offer yourself, what? S sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And I like, I, I quoted that part because it said it was your reasonable service. Now, when I think about sacrifice, there are three words that come to mind. Three words. And I'll show you those words in the book of Luke chapter 9, verse 23. If you go with me to Luke chapter 9, verse 23, I'm going to read from English Standard Version. The Bible says, And it said to them, If anyone would come after me, 
Let him deny himself, and by himself, he also means herself, right? Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. In other words, there are three things you should do if you're going to live a life of sacrifice to God. The first one is to do what? Deny yourself. The second one is what? Take up your cross. And the third one is to follow. Now, if you follow carefully, the word deny is another word for surrender. So what God, what Jesus was saying here, actually to the disciples, that the recipe to come after me and be with me, the first step is to live a life of sacrifice by denying yourself, by surrendering. Surrendering your time, surrendering your resources, surrendering everything you owe dear sometimes, and then follow me, right? Now, the second one is, the, is, is that it says, and take up his cross daily. I mean, cross is cross. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. What he's saying in essence is, suffer with me. And I know that in church we don't like that word anymore. But what Jesus was saying here, if you're going to really live a life of sacrifice, sacrifice is sacrifice. It will cost you something. And if you look at the book of Philippians 3 verse 10, Philippians 3 verse 10, English Standard Version says, that I may know him, this was Paul speaking, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and I may share his sufferings. In other words, there will be things that come your way that are not necessarily palatable, but you're following him. Suffering. The third one is where I want to focus on really, where it says, follow me. In other words, follow me means do what I do. And there was one thing that Jesus represented and he still represents today. And that's the fact that Jesus served. So the third word is service. So the first word is what? Surrender, come with me. Number two, suffering. Number three, service. And that's exactly what we're talking about this month. It's a month of service. But you see, if you look at those three words that describe sacrifice, you realize that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do them. To release your resources to God requires the help of the Holy Spirit. Follow me carefully. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, from verse 11, the New International Version says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I'm going to verse 12. It then says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, a responsibility. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put, the death, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. In other words, when Holy Spirit comes into you, you receive the enablement to sacrifice your body. Let me put it this way. Because if you look, if you look at Galatians 2 verse 20, there's another context there. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. Then he says something. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, for us to become a resident sacrifice in the house of God, we need the Holy Spirit to reside in us. 
Let me reverse it. When the Holy Spirit resides in you, you will become a resident sacrifice. And that is exactly what God wants us to be. See, why, why, why are we going to be sacrificed unto God? Number one, it's simply because that's why we are created. We are created to, for his purpose. The book of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16, sorry, chapter 16, verse 4 says, The Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Except you believe you're a product of evolution. If you believe God made you, then you will also believe that he made you for his own purpose. Every manufacturer, when he makes a thing, also assigns functions to that thing. That was why I told Jeremiah, I believe in the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Pastor Bayer was quoting from this scripture last week. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew thee and I have called you to be prophet unto nations. In other words, my intention for you when I was creating you was to be a prophet. Every one of us, God had intentions for us when he was creating us. And that intention is primarily for his purpose. If you're thinking, I don't know my purpose. The ultimate purpose we all have is to give glory to God. Even if you function in the, in the, in the marketplace, if what you do, no matter how great it is, if it does not give glory to God, you are not living in line with God's purpose for your life. Follow me carefully. And that's what sacrifice means. Sacrifice means you've been giving your life and then you are giving it back to him because he owns your life. He owns everything about you. Let me go quickly before I get too excited about this point. Now, what are the characteristics of a living sacrifice? Number one is that every living sacrifice will have to move out. So we, we read the passage, Second Peter, I believe, First Peter 2, 9, I believe last week, uh, for you, a chosen uh, nation, a, a chosen generation and all that. But, but you see, the point is, every called how person must also move out. If you're going to sacrifice yourself to God, you must live a kind of life. People don't like to hear this kind of gospel anymore, but that is the truth. There's no way you can brush it aside. A sacrifice must move out. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 puts it in context. 2 Corinthians 6 14 says, don't, I'm reading from New Living Translation, so it's a little different from KJV. He says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Verse 15, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. That's a good place to say a very big amen. You missed it. For, for God, for you are God's house address. That's what it means. And if you are God's house address, there is a way you ought to carry yourself. You need to move out. You need to move out. There's a level, any, any level and any type of relationship that would defile the house address of God or has the potential to defile it, you must run away from it. Because if you are created for his purpose, you are for him. And anything you do that doesn't align with that is you not fulfilling destiny. Is you not fulfilling purpose, God's purpose for your life. 
There's a price in God's purpose for your life, but it requires you to partner with the Holy Spirit to follow through on the process. Now, one interesting thing that happens is this, that for every one of us to live that life of sacrifice, to move out of wherever we are, God interrupts things. I don't know about, if you've seen it from the scripture, that God is a master at interrupting routines. Before I talk about some of the parts of the Bible, I'll tell you some of the things I don't really, really like to do. And you might not, you know, you might feel that this man is no longer spiritual. One of the things I don't like to do, I still do it by the way, is fasting. Now you guys are looking at me funny. <laughs> I like my food. But you see, I also know that this science going not how they said by prayer and fasting. It's clear, right? I also know that if I want to share the word of God, I have to fast. So for me, especially on some days, fasting, I have to move out of that routine of eating so that I can fast and wait on the Lord. It's as simple as that. Let me show you from the Bible. Mary, that we know of, the mother of Jesus, was a chaste good girl. It was, she was living her life as a good girl in the neighborhood. Everyone knew Mary. She was a, perhaps a reference point in the society. Do you know that girl, very good girl? All of a sudden, God messed up her routine. The Holy Spirit got her pregnant, literally. And all of a sudden, have you seen that girl? You know that girl that we say was a good girl? She was, she's not a good girl. Imagine if Mary was living in Nigeria. Let's go on. <laughs> and she came back and said, the Holy Spirit... Oh, let's go. <laughs> Elisha was doing his business. The guy was a good businessman. And Elijah misbehaved and walked around and walked around and saw the man doing his business and called him to ministry. God messed up his routine. I, I, perhaps he had some board meetings to attend, but God called him. What about Peter. Jesus messed up Peter's routine. I mean, someone said, but that night, he didn't catch any fish. Now, this is not written in the Bible, I know. But do you know that it is very possible because Jesus knows all things. The Bible says he knows the end name from the beginning, right? The Bible says the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you believe that there was a time he told them to go catch a fish and remove coin from his mouth, right? So do you kind of think that because the fishes knew Jesus was coming to call Peter, they decided not to show up? He didn't believe. I mean, I don't know if that happened, but that is possible. Very possible. So he probably just told them. Angels told them, Jesus is coming to call this man. Don't show up for him tonight. But as soon as you hear Jesus say, cast the net on the other side, all of you, show up. It's possible. But his routine was messed up. All of a sudden, from fishers of fishes, was going to become a fishers of men. What about Paul? When he was Saul... You know, a lot of us talk about him and the fact that he was the enemy of God and God made him the friend of God. Actually, Paul at the time was very, 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 very diligent. He was doing the job that he knew. That was his business. Paul was a lawyer. That kind of interruption was major. Stopped him in his way. He was blind. He had to go through some kind of recovery process and then became a great apostle. Have you asked yourself, what routine are you following that God is asking, let me interrupt you in the process so you can come on board, move out of this common routine, move out of this process so I can 
bring you on a journey to fulfilling great purpose for me. You know, one, three things, three things are very common. I come on to these three people, to these four people I've listed. Number one thing is the fact that they were all unqualified to do the things that God gave them to do. Mary was a virgin. She wasn't married. She was not supposed to carry a baby. Elisha was a businessman. She was not supposed to be in ministry. Peter was a businessman. Paul was actually the enemy of God. And God called them, supporting the fact that, and we all know this, that God really calls the unqualified. So what you think makes you unqualified could be the very thing that God is asking you to bring into him. Praise Jesus. The second thing about them is that they were all busy. I say, well, what was Mary busy doing? Oh, she was busy being a good girl. That was kind of business. Elisha was busy doing his business. Peter was busy doing his business. Paul was busy being the enemy of God. But they were all busy. Now, you could say that the reason you're not serving God is because you are busy. But you see, could it be that your busyness is an indication that you can be busy for God? Are you following me this morning? The third one is the fact that they were all helped by the Holy Spirit. Someone lift your right hand wherever you are and say, Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me to release myself to you. In this month of service, help me to serve you and volunteer to serve you. In Jesus' name. In other words, you're moving out of your normal routine is an act of surrender for the Holy Spirit to help you become a living sacrifice. Some might say, so what? If I move out, so what's next? Is that the case of Abraham? God told him to move out of his normal routine from his, form, from his family and go to a place that will show him. It was after Abraham heeded that instruction that he found direction. Could it be that the reason you're not getting direction for your life is because you've not answered the first instruction to move out that God has given you? Tesla say, move out. Move out. Let me go quickly to the second point because of time. Second point is commit to being poured out. So you move out and you commit to being poured out. How do you get poured out? Actually, by plugging in. I love the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. The Bible says, this was Paul speaking to the Philippians. Paul said, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In other words, even though I am just doing everything I can to serve God, being poured out. And why do I know that that was what he was referring to? If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, he actually put it in context when he was going to leave. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he was writing to Timothy, he said, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. In other words, I have done every single thing I am supposed to do. If you are not dead, God is not done with you. Which means it can bless you, but so that you can be a blessing. Which means it can save you, but so that you can serve him. To be poured out. To be poured out. To be poured out. 
Someone is asking, so what should I pour out? Quickly follow me. I can just give you an example. One of the examples in 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 1 is the example of the widow. You know the widow, right? The wife of a man from a company. The Bible says in 2 Kings 4 verse 1, New International Version says, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead, and you know what? He revived the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied, her, how can I help you? Tell me. And Elisha responded, what do you have? in your house what do you have in your house I mean, it looks like every time we ask God what can I do in your house what God is asking is what do you have in your house for Moses it was a case of what do you have in your hand for this woman it was what do you have in your house for the little boy in the book of um, uh, John chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4 with two fishes and five loaves of bread it was again, what do you have in your hand? What it's saying here is your job is a service point. You didn't get that. Your business is an opportunity to serve. Your house is an opportunity to serve. Oh, you speak the best English in the world. That is an opportunity to serve. You're very structured and very calculated. You're smart. That is an opportunity to serve. What do you have in your hand? And what you need to do with it is you need to sacrifice it. You know, every time I think about the story of the boy in John chapter 6 from verse 1 to 14 that had two fishes and five loaves, I think about the sacrifice of the boy because we don't talk about it. We talk about the power of Jesus to multiply fishes and breads. And there's nothing wrong with that. Our God is a miracle-working God. But the boy sacrificed. Somebody said, but he got 12 baskets, you know, left. Do you know that at the point of giving it, he did not know 12 baskets was coming? Amen? Have you really thought about it? A lot of people were coming to this church meeting. And they did not come with food. This boy probably told his mom, I'm go- I don't know how old the boy was, but told his mom, I'm going for this meeting, and they gave him his lunch pack. It was the boy's lunch, and perhaps dinner, because, I mean, two, two fishes and five loaves. The way they paint it in those books is a very big thing. <laughs> be two fishes and five loaves. So let's say lunch and dinner, but he packed it. And the boy was waiting for the time to eat. And, of course, how can you imagine? The person that found it was Peter. Peter can't find anything. He found it. <laughs> said, this boy brought food to church. Said, we don't have it. Now, think about Peter first. We don't have anything but this boy that brought his lunch to church. And Jesus said, they should bring it. Now, it was Jesus that took it and broke it. Now, think about it from this point of view. A child brought lunch to church. And, sorry, Pastor Bayer. Pastor Bayer took the boy's lunch. What do you think the boy is thinking? That is sacrifice. They took the, took the boys and then he gave thanks. And after giving thanks, we were not told who he served first. So let's imagine he did not serve the boy first. And he served others. And the, and the Bible did not say it expanded, he multiplied immediately. So the boy saw his lunch, the first fish broken into two, and given to another person. 
And the person thanked God and smiled at the boy. That is sacrifice. When you bring it to the house of God and you don't ask questions. Some people just give to the house, so they give money. I'm like, I want to know where the money is going to. Not your business. I mean, I believe in financial stewardship and there is financial stewardship in this house. But guess what? Once you give your gifts, once you give your service, it is no longer yours. Sometimes there will be 12 baskets at the end of the day, but sometimes there is no 12 baskets. Whether there's 12 baskets left or not, you serve God by pouring whatever you have out to him. I came very early for that team meeting. All that people didn't come early, you've poured it out. Are you following me this morning? Sacrifice. Now watch, watch this part, right? What else can you sacrifice to God? I want to say to you this morning that we, we need to pour out by plugging in. Pour out by plugging in. Someone is saying, what department can I join? And, you know, Brother Rizzi mentioned it just now. He said that you can come and then we show you. And yes, we will show you. But I'd like you to start thinking about a few things about what God has given you. What you're holding in your hand. Let's think about the word shape. S stands for spiritual abilities. What are the spiritual gifts God has given you? The dreams you can dream. The prophecy you can give. Do you think everyone can pray like you pray? You know, some people pray for a long time. Not everybody can pray for a very long time. Could it be that you have a gift of intercession somewhere there? An average person probably pray for like five minutes. Maybe five seconds. In Jesus' name, I pray that I'm not today. Amen. Right? But you can pray. You can sing. Your spiritual gifts are there. Number two is H, right? Heart. Represent your heart. What does your heart beat for? I mean, some people, you, th you think you're suffering from OCD, but no, you're suffering from excellence. You want to make sure things are well done. Yeah, put your hands together for Jesus. Because sometimes that is what it is. So you look around, it's not straight. Then you have to come and align it. Maybe that is yours. Pour it out. Your spiritual gifts. Your heart beats. The next one is A. What about your abilities? You just, like I said before, you're just smart. You can think through things. You, 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 you're strong. You can move things around. Pour it out. Plug in with it. What about your personality? Your personality is the way God has wired you to succeed in life. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a mistake that you can't talk like the other. You're not, a, you're, you're not an extrovert. You're an introvert. It's not a mistake that your personality is like that. I mean, if you look at the Bible, someone like Paul was a, what, what they call dominant director. Or what Tim LaHaye called choleric. Or what uh, insight we use as red. Whatever you are, bring it into the house of God. What about influencing relator? What Tim LaHaye calls your sanguine. That personality is needed for the house of God. What about the ones that are very analytical, the melancholy? And this called uh, the, the conscientious people. See, bring it into the house of God. And of course, the phlegmatics or steady supporters, bring them 
to the house of God. Your personality is a way God has wired you to succeed in life. The last one is your E. What about your experiences? Did you know that God took you through that process so you can use it as a pulpit for other people? You went through it. I mean, I know a number of people that started ministries simply because of what they've been through. Your story can become someone else's testimony. Actually, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So what you've been through can be of service to someone else. Bring it in. Bring in your spiritual gifts. Bring in your heartbeat. Bring in your abilities. Bring in your personalities. Bring in your experiences. It is useful for the Lord. Celebrate Jesus one more Bring it in. So someone says, but you see, uh, in church in the morning, the structure and the way that you say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not old enough and all that. Let me talk to young people this morning. If you are in college through 30s, there's a special place now created for you to be you and serve God where you are. And actually the theme is come as you are. In other words, just come and belong first. There's a lot you can do there. Don't join the bandwagon of people that will say, oh no, there are very old people here. We are all young in the Lord, amen? But even at that, we created a place for you. Are you following me this morning? Save God. Join the tribe. You know, you know why sometimes we struggle to step out and pour out the gifts God has given us. It's sometimes because we think it is too small. Let me tell you the truth. You don't know how powerful what God has given you until you use it for the Lord. To that woman I was telling you, she had just a little oil in the house. If she did not pour the oil, the oil wouldn't have increased. The secret to increasing what you have is to do what? Pour it. The last point I'm going to make here, and then we have some time to pray. So you move out, you commit to being poured out, and then you need to be sold out. Test one say be sold out. Actually, if you are living sacrifice, you need to be totally sold out to God. How do you do that? Number one, you serve with the whole of your hearts. And Apostle Paul was speaking to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. If you read from New International Version, it says, Whatever you do, walk at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. In other words, every time you show up to do your work at church, or even where you're working in the, in the, in the organization you work with, or wherever it is that you're serving, your real master is not the one that gives you your paycheck. Your real master is God. If you are sold out to him, you will work that way. Whether people, people recognize you're working or not, you're working wholeheartedly. That is a sacrifice, whether they see you or not. You know, I was privileged to, 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 I mean, to, 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 to move around a lot of pastors. 
And have you imagined the number of people in this church? And yes, pastor sees you. But if other pastor hasn't acknowledged or validated what you're doing personally, does not mean he doesn't appreciate it. And by the way, it is not his place to appreciate it. It is God's place to reward you. You know, I was, uh, I mean, this came to my mind. I, was, I went to a particular bank back in Nigeria many years ago. And we're on the line, right? Wanted to be served. And there was this particular lady. I mean, they were, the whole place was tiled. Oh, my goodness. She was wearing very high heels. Those ones that really make noise. And then she was walking up. I mean, not up and down. Tall. And fr- I know that's the devil that does that. But, I mean, I'm not saying she's the devil. But she was just so tall and from making noise. And the key wasn't, the line wasn't moving. And some people shouted, Auntie, stop it. <laughs> Now she was, I mean, we felt she was just trying to be seen. She was seeking attention. When you serve the Lord, you don't seek to be seen. You just serve with the whole of your heart. Serve wholeheartedly. Number two, no discrimination in service. When you sacrifice, you sold out to God, you're serving him with the whole of your heart. You are not discriminating. And then Apostle Paul says something in Romans chapter 1 verse 14. Romans 1 verse 14. He says, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks. Both to the wise and the foolish. That is in your Bible. In other words, when you're serving, you don't even look at people's faces. You just serve. You don't look at their colors. You just serve. You see, if you are too concerned about how they look, you will be carried away and you will not serve God. You just serve. No discrimination in service. I love the way Message Version put that. Let me show you what Message Version says. Romans chapter 1 verse 14. The Bible says, everyone I meet, it matters little whether they are mannered or rude. Now, let's put it on the screen. Romans 1.14, the message version. I wanted to, to see it there because I didn't write that part of the Bible. Romans chapter 1, verse 14. The message version says, Everyone I meet, it doesn't matter. It matters little whether they are mannered or rude, smart or simple. Depends my sense of interdependence. An obligation. In other words, it is not about how they look, what they do, or what they have. It is just about me serving the Lord. It's just about me serving the Lord. The first one we're saying, it is whether they see me or not, I'll serve him. The other one, I don't even see them, I just keep serving. The next one I'm going to make here is that you take ownership. Ownership. People that are sold out to a cause take ownership for that particular cause. Ownership. What is ownership? You take full responsibility. The fact that it is yours. In other words, when you serve in the house of God, you do it as if you are a stakeholder because you are. Even if you are serving the Lord somewhere else, you do it as if you are a stakeholder. Let me share with you quickly the, the, four, the four characteristics of people that take ownership. The first one, and I'm good. If, if someone can preach with me this morning quickly, if you have a very nice phone, I need a very nice phone, very lovely phone. Anybody has a nice phone? 
Anybody? Yeah, please, can, can you just come forward a little bit? Thank you. Let's, let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands together for she's going to preach with me. Now, that is a very nice phone, an iPhone. This is my phone, which is nice as well, not as nice, and I'm going to just drop mine. And I'm going to take ours because I'm, can I drop it the same way? Oh, she says I can. Oh, no, you're very nice. Put her hands together for her. Now, <laughs> please, you can go back to your seat. Now, the way I did this is because I can drop it because I am very sure of how well padded it is. The reason mama say ha is the fact that if you break it, you pay for it. Because that's the first characteristics. If it is yours, you protect it. If it is yours, you protect it. Don't ever be found among people castigating men of God. Amen? Amen. Whether on Facebook Amen. or Bookface, join them in saying all sorts of things. You should protect the kingdom. They'll call you names, the uncle of God and the auntie of Jesus. So be it. Protect it. Number two, characteristics of people that, are, that take ownership, that are sold out, is promotion. How many of you have ever started business in this place? The first thing you want to do is to tell people about your business, isn't it? If you have a child that is doing so well, you want everybody to know she's doing well. You know, it's all, all A's, A+. Plus. You know, she's doing so well, he's doing so well. Because if it is yours, you will what? Pr promote it. The gospel is yours. You need to do what? Promote it. The Bible says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If you're sold out, it will not be difficult to post something and type out in Jesus' name at the end. Amen. You don't hide behind IJN. Let's go on. <laughs> you promote it. You will invite people to church because, you, because it is yours. That's it. Number three, quickly. Number three, characteristics of people who are sold out. They sacrificially provide for it. I just use an example of a child that you love so much. A child that you love so much. If it's your child, you provide for the child. You provide for the child because you have a sense of ownership. The same thing. Provide for the cost of the gospel. That is how you sacrificially serve the Lord. You provide for it. You will not have to be coerced or pushed or prodded or do whatever to, to give. Because it is yours. People don't like that part. Finally, the fourth one. You participate in it. You know, the moment you start something that is yours, imagine starting a business that is yours. You are involved in it. And that's what we're asking you to do this month. Be involved in something you're sold out to. Be involved in something you are an owner, you're, you're, you're responsible for. Participate. Bring your gifts, bring your talents. Use them on this altar. Use them in this house. Use them to serve the Lord in the marketplace. Use them to serve the Lord wherever you find yourself. Use them sacrificially. Use them sacrificially. And finally, people that are sold out, they are available. That's it. They're just available. You know, 
going back to our theme for this morning, which is live in sacrifice. Live in sacrifice. While I was thinking about this, I remember there was a time, our kids are young, but when they were much younger, we had nannies that were attending to them. And we had some that were commuting nannies. They come 9 a.m. in the morning, they go back whenever 4 p.m., 5 p.m., I can't remember exactly. And at some point, we also had live-in nannies. And I thought about it, really. The ones that were living in were not really working as much as the ones that were commuting. Now, the ones that were commuting, they give you a sense of unavailability before 9 a.m. and after 5 p.m. And even then, they just want to do whatever it is they want to do so they can live on time. But the ones that are living nannies, they are there anyways, even though they can take breaks, but the sense of availability just allows you to leave them there. And they are more useful to very, I mean, if you have a space for them, they are more useful because you can call them when you need them. They can step in. Even if they are taking a break, they can step in to help you. Do you know that what God wants is not a commuting service? He wants you to have a living sacrifice. In other words, don't lay yourself down at 9 a.m. and pick yourself back at 5 p.m. Lay yourself down permanently. Just be available. Let it be that when they call you, it's also as important to you to serve God as it is important to you to work and earn money. That is it. Be available to God. So when he wakes you up to do something, that you do it because you are living sacrifice. You don't commute. You know, some people are commuting Christians. They'll show up on Sunday. The next time to be Christian is another Sunday. Those are Sunday, Sunday Christian. <laughs> there are some that are, that are East Mass Christians. They come on Easter Sunday, they return on Christmas Day. God doesn't want you to commute. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be available to him. And do you realize the four people we mentioned? Mary, Elisha, Peter, Paul. That's all they did. They didn't have to do anything. Mary did not have to fast for 21 days to be used of God. All she said is, send me. <laughs> all Elisha did was just allow me to say farewell to my family. I'm, I'm all yours. If you look at the Bible, the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8, the message version says, Isaiah 6 verse 8, the message version says, And then I heard the voice of the master, whom... Shall I send? Whom shall I send? That is the same, the same voice we hear today. There's always whom shall I send in Rock City. There's always whom shall I send at lead. All the departments that we have. And even the ministry outside of the church. There's always whom shall I send. The point is, will you answer? I'll go. Send me. Because that is a comment of someone that is saying, I'm available. Are you 
available? Or are you partially available? And nobody's asking you, for instance, to be here every day, all day, all time, just to be available to God. You see, people that are available to God do not need to be told what to do. When there's something to be done, they just stretch their hands and do it. And in fact, sometimes that thing that needs to be done is outside of their primary department. Have you noticed that people that we say go the extra mile in the corporate, they work in a department, but when there's an opportunity to serve in another, they also show, raise their hands, I can help. We should bring that kind of attitude to the house of God. My question to you this morning, are you available? If you're available to the Lord, rise up on your feet this morning as we close this meeting. You know, there's a song we used to sing when I was young, as a teenager. I remember, you know, say, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say. Do use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say my storage is empty and I am available to you. Can we sing one more time if you can help me? Lord, I'm available to you. You can shut your eyes where you are and just really connect with him and tell him I'm really available to you. I'll do what you say. Do use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say my storage is empty and I am available to you. Let's sing one more time. I'm available, Lord. Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you, Lord. My will I give. I'll do what you say do. I'll do what you say. Use me, Lord. To show someone the way. To show someone the way. And enable me to say. To say. My storage is empty. Oh, Lord. My storage is empty. I am available to you. All eyes closed in this place. The very first thing to do to show your availability to God is to move out so that you can plug in. If you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus into your life as your Lord and personal Savior, it is time to just say, use me as I am because you can come as you are. Can I remind you that Paul was not even thinking about being part of the Christian, so to say, when he was called. So as all eyes are closed in this place, I just want you to say, Lord, use me. I surrender myself to you. 
And then if you have been born again, but you know that you're taken, you're not really, you've not really surrendered yourself to him as a sacrifice. Just say, Lord, I surrender myself to you. And if you've been born again and you're serving wholeheartedly, just tell him, I yield myself to you one more time. So that I can show someone the way. Enable me to say, my storage is empty. And I am available to you. In Jesus' name. Just give me a few more minutes. I have a leading in my heart to pray with some people. You want to discover your spiritual gifts. And I know we don't have all time to do that here. But the Bible says, let me show you quickly. If you open to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. If you're in this house, you want to make new discovery of spiritual gifts. I want you to just stretch your right hand up to God, not to me, to the Lord. And say, Lord, fill me afresh. And show me the hidden gifts in me. The Bible says we have those gifts in hidden treasure that the excellency might be of God. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, as people are stretched off for their hands to you, let there be an infilling of your spirit afresh. Just a minute. Please just lift your hands. Just don't, don't drop it. Father, we ask for an infilling of your spirit afresh. Let your power fall on us afresh. Let your power enable us with the gifts that we already have inside of us to serve you. In the name of Jesus. Someone say, fill me afresh, Lord. Say, I see you mean, say, fill me afresh, Lord. Say, I present myself as a living sacrifice. Fill me afresh, Lord. Father, we give you all the praise. Thank you for your infilling. Celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus. We all do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. How many of you believe that we are filled afresh this morning? If you believe, shout a living amen. And a believing hallelujah. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church and click the giving link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. 
Have a great week.